The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Have you ever needed a get-out-of-jail-free card? I hope that your yes, for most of you, is metaphorical, uh, not literal. Uh, probably, maybe some of you, you needed a literal get out of jail free card. Uh, but for most of you, it's metaphorical, right? Like you did something, you got caught, and you needed to get off the hook. You needed a break. You were hoping for a warning, not a ticket, like I was the other day <laughs> with a car full of pastors. And I'm like, this is terrible. I really hope I get a warning. And I didn't. <laughs> nope. So now I'm hoping for a get out of jail free card. <laughs> uh, you know, what's interesting is we demand justice for everyone else. But we're hoping for a get out of jail free card. You deserve to be canceled. But I want a break. You deserve jail. But I want to get out of jail free card. And uh, two of the largest settlements ever in history, let me give you you a little flyover of two of them. First one is actually ongoing because it's regarding multiple states in the U.S. suing the manufacturers and the distributors of opioids, like OxyContin. So because they overprescribed and overdistributed, hundreds and hundreds, millions of people got addicted to opioids, And it cost the lives of about 400,000 people in America. Someone should pay. Because those are not just numbers. Those are names that we know, right? This is personal. We don't just know the statistics. We know their story. And so someone must pay. And so they sued these uh, manufacturers and distributors. And so far, uh, they've paid out about $12 billion. And this is ongoing. So they expect it to continue to grow. Another one of the largest settlements ever, actually it's the largest corporate settlement ever in history, uh, was as a result of the BP Deepwater Horizon explosion in the Gulf of Mexico, where uh, when that oil rig exploded, it cost the lives of 11 men and dozens of others were injured. And then as a result of that explosion for the next 87 days, oil spewed from the... um, from the, you know, the tap, the well uh, down underground uh, into the pristine Gulf of Mexico uh, for 210 million gallons of oil, the largest oil spill in history. And so because of the devastation to the environment, to the impact on businesses, to the lives and families, uh, the lives lost and families profoundly impacted, there was a lawsuit uh, that settled in around 21 billion dollars. And when you hear that, you don't really even care. You're like, what price tag do you put on 400,000 lives and all the families ruined? What price tag do you put on the 11 lives that were lost or 210 million gallons of oil pumped into the Gulf of Mexico? We We don't care how much they had to pay because no matter how much they pay, it's probably not enough. They probably have so much profit, they deserve to pay. Someone should pay. But as devastating as that explosion was in the Gulf of Mexico, it's nothing 
compared to the kind of explosions that have happened in your life. The eruption in relationships that spews hurt and hate and resentment and bitterness and pain. Right now, there's some fiery explosion that has erupted in your heart and life and you could, you could pull it to your attention that quick, can't you? You can feel it. There's, some, there's something burning. There's, a, there's an explosion that's still spewing in your heart. Maybe it's a resentment that you're carrying. Someone betrayed you. Someone rejected you. Someone maligned you. Someone took credit where you deserve credit. Someone in your home made a promise that they broke. They didn't meet the expectations that they agreed to meet. And as a result, it spews and it burns red hot. Someone should pay. What would be enough for the pain and the hurt, the rejection that you feel? Certainly, I would imagine that God agrees with you. I would imagine that the God who is the ultimate judge agrees that when someone is clearly guilty, there's no getting off the hook. Clearly, if God were to judge with you on that situation, he would agree that justice must be served and not just justice, payback. And so how much would be enough? If God were to judge on your behalf, how much would he say is enough? I mean, what if the entire crowd agrees with you? If everyone, the mob of social media is on your side, how does God decide? And so we have a moment in the life of Jesus where he showed up. He was invited to be the judge of a situation where an individual was caught red-handed. She was obviously guilty. There's no get out of jail free card. What does Jesus say? And so you can find the story. It's in John chapter eight. And so as we, I'm gonna turn there. But uh, here we go. John chapter eight simply reads this way. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman um, caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses uh, commands us to stone such a woman. Thus, the stones you hold in your hand. By the way, please. I'd like a little bit of a break this right now, all right? Before you start chucking rocks at me, give me a break, all right? Get out of jail free card. Um, but they, they come in, it says, the, the law says she must be stoned. Now, what do you say? What's her sentence? They were using this, as a question, this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. It's an interesting trick in the story. The explosion of wrong in her life, the explosion in her life was a trap for Jesus' life. They were looking for an opportunity to trap Jesus, so they caught this woman red-handed, and they bring her in front of Jesus and say, what is her sentence? What does she deserve? And we can all relate. Now, you might not be able to directly relate to this woman being caught red-handed, but we can all relate 
Because at some point or another, every one of us have been caught red-handed. I mean, you're not gonna argue with the officer. Like, what are you talking about? I wasn't, well, everybody in the car agrees I was going that fast. (laughs) I just wasn't paying attention. So what are you really asking for? No, every one of us can relate to her. There's been moments where the stones are justified. We deserve them. So what does God say in this moment? I mean, the, the wrong is clear. She's obviously guilty. The death sentence is certain. All Jesus has to say is that's right. That's the, that's the sentence. She deserves justice and judgment. No get out of jail free card. The story continues, but Jesus bent down and started right on the ground. With his finger, and when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Can you see the scene? So there's Jesus standing next to this woman. They dragged her in front of him. She's on the ground, sobbing, and they've all, with angry judgment, stones in their hands. Jesus, what do you say? God, what are you gonna do about this? Jesus says, okay. And he kneels down, not far from the woman. And scholars who've studied this passage would suggest that what he began to write in the, in the sand was their wrongdoings, their sins. Some of them, the exact sin that they were sentencing her for. So Jesus is calling them out. I mean, how did you catch her red-handed? If you weren't some perverted peeping Tom, I mean, what were you doing looking through the window? And by the way, you, you were out, you were out with your neighbor's wife last night. Like literally he, he's writing the names down. And they're standing there and you can kind of feel the mood begin to shift as they back up. What she's hoping for is acquittal, a hung jury. She's hoping that the jury isn't just hung, the the jury just backs up because they realize that her guilt becomes their guilt. But Jesus isn't there to pervert justice. He's not there to let her off the hook to to give a get out of jail free card or a warning. He's there to give something better. Not just better than it was the day before she got caught. Something better than a get out of jail free card. Something better than even justice. So what does Jesus offer? Forgiveness is better than justice. Forgiveness is better than justice. See, because in our world, here's what, here's what we can imagine. The only thing we can imagine is that everyone who comes to condemn us is forced, I know you all think I'm gonna trip over it, is forced to go, me too. And they've gotta drop their stones of condemnation. 
And so we get off, not because it's just, but because everyone is just as guilty. So we get off the hook, because if we don't get off the hook, then everyone's on the hook. Everyone has to be condemned if we are condemned. And that's how the story goes. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first. Why? Because probably they had a longer list until only Jesus was left with a woman still standing there. Now, Jesus is left. I mean, when Jesus is left, he's the perfect one who has every right to judge. I mean, he can throw the stone. And so what does Jesus do? He straightened up and he asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. What Jesus offers is just better. In fact, that's what I want you to catch from this moment. Forgiveness is just better. Now, I wrote that intentionally that way. Forgiveness is just better. But really, what I want you to read is this way. Forgiveness is just better. It's justice served in a better way. One form of justice is stones being thrown at her, a death sentence to destroy her life. And the best she can hope for and we can hope for is stones on the ground and she gets off scot-free. But here's the deal. Stones dropped don't heal relationships. Your, your jury being hung or having to vacate the jury box doesn't fix the brokenness in justice. It doesn't heal the pain and the hurts. It doesn't actually get you off. You're no less guilty. There's just everyone else guilty with you. It doesn't fix the explosion in the relationship. It just means that everyone has an explosion in their relationships. But no one then cleans up the oil spill of resentment and hurt and hate that's spreading across the waters of our lives. And so what? What do we do? Well, that's where Jesus steps in. And he doesn't just give you a get out of jail free card. He offers just forgiveness. What I mean is the forgiveness that Jesus offers comes from true justice. Why? Because what did Jesus do? When he came to earth, God descends. The judge becomes the judged for us. The judge who could condemn all absorbs our condemnation. Jesus didn't just call them out. He took on the stones. This moment foreshadows the cross where God himself is hung on a cross and he says, okay, every stone you've held, throw it my way. I know some of you are like, wait, I could never throw a stone at Jesus. No, but you have. Every time we say they deserve they owe me, they did me wrong, that hurt me. Every time we harbor resentment and unforgiveness, what we're doing is we're picking up a stone that Jesus absorbed. 
And he said, go ahead, throw everyone you've got at me. And as the stones hit Jesus, right? He wasn't literally stoned. He was crucified and hung on a cross, beaten and abused on our behalf. And when he died, he died once for all. He absorbed every blow, every hurt, every hate. He absorbed our guilt, our shame because someone had to die. They deserved to pay. And so he paid in full. He gave his life as the payment for the stones we deserve, the stones of guilt, the stones of judgment, sin stones, right? Because what's spewing inside of us comes from an explosion in our relationship with God called sin. It separates us from God and it's not enough just to die in this life. No, you go on forever separated from God and so Jesus died in our place to absorb that eternal judgment. When he died, he he didn't just acquit you. He doesn't just offer a get out of jail free card. He forgives you. It's just forgiveness. In God's justice, he absorbed the payment. He took all the stones and he offers you forgiveness so that every stone you ever hold, it needs to be exchanged for forgiveness. So what I'm gonna invite you guys to do is we're gonna, we're gonna take a moment here. We're gonna invite you to respond with me. There's more I wanna share about forgiveness, but I felt like it was essential that we pause. And so would you join with me? First, I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes for a moment. And there's some of you here who, it's not that you have a stone to throw at someone else, it's that you, you've realized you deserve the stones. You know you're guilty. But boy, you would appreciate, not just to get out of jail free card, You'd appreciate forgiveness from God. You're joining us online and what you need is forgiveness from God. And whether you're here in person or you're joining online, I wanna invite you to respond with me. If that's you and you're ready to say yes through faith to Jesus, can I encourage you, would you just take a moment and just raise your hand and say, yeah, Patrick, that's me. That's where I'm at right now. I'm ready to say yes to faith in Jesus. I mean, what better time than the Easter season to begin a new relationship with God? And if that's you, would you just raise your hand high? If you're joining us online, you can let us know by texting the name Jesus to 81411. And for those of you that are raising your hands or you're sending us that text, here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray with you. As you raise your hand, we're, we're gonna put a card in your hand and we just encourage you to fill that out and let us know that you're making that commitment. But let me pray with you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you didn't come to condemn but offer just forgiveness. A forgiveness that is both just and better. And we receive that by faith. We believe in you by faith. And we ask that you would come, you would forgive us of our sins and you would give us new and forever life. And we celebrate that in Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm gonna invite every one of you to respond with us. Because the, the way Jesus absorbed the stones of judgment was he gave his life on our behalf. He died in our place. And we, we remember Jesus' death through a, a, a ceremony, an act, a, a meal called communion, a la, the Last Supper, where Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He took the cup of wine and he, he shared it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. This cup is my blood spilled out for your forgiveness. So as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. And so we're gonna invite you to do something a little different 
today. Every one of you, when you came in, we gave you stones. Now, those of you online, we thought this would be a fun idea. We were gonna try to fly one to you on a drone, but uh, we thought better of it. And so here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna invite every one of you to just, you're gonna get dismissed by Rose. Just come up and I'll, you have your stone. What, what is that hurt? What is that anger? What is that resentment? What is that unforgiveness that you're holding? And I, what I thought would be cool is just put those stones on the platform. And then you grab your communion, you go back to your seat. And then we're gonna go into a song. And after we sing, I'm gonna come back up and I'm gonna lead you in taking communion together. But as we sing, and we're gonna be celebrating the living hope we have in Jesus, I, I, I hope that this song moment becomes a celebration moment where you go, I've been forgiven. So right now, I'm gonna invite you to stand with us. And as we dismiss, you come up and you put those stones down. Hopefully, as you put them down, something is released in your life.
hopefully, as you came forward, we didn't make it too awkward for you. Hopefully there's something meaningful about having to put down stones. Stones of resentment and hurt, of unforgiveness. Those of you online, maybe you had to go and find some grape juice and crackers or bread. But all of you right now, you're holding in your hands elements of Jesus' broken body and his spilled blood. And all we can do is just say, thank you. We don't deserve this. It's a gift given for us. It's justice served for the stones you deserved. Jesus, thank you. We receive this bread and cup because we deserved stones of judgment and condemnation. We deserved eternal justice and so you absorbed our death sentence. And so God, all we can do is say thank you and receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you go ahead and just take this together? And you can go ahead and have a seat. On purpose, we gave you a big enough piece that it's gonna take a little while to chew. Because sometimes you need to chew on this kind of forgiveness. A little gulp doesn't quite do it justice, does it? A little quick wafer sometimes goes down too fast. Sometimes you gotta chew on the goodness of God. Sometimes you need to drink up the grace of God. Sometimes you gotta spend time in the meal of God's just forgiveness. Some of you, even now as you're chewing, are struggling with fully accepting the forgiveness of God and believing that it's just. So if you could imagine what Jesus did for you, his body brutally beaten, cruelly crucified, only then can you begin to understand both how the justice of God and the mercy of God meet on the cross. That you could not get a get out of jail free card Justice had to be served because you would never accept that for those who've wronged you. They don't deserve a good out of jail free card. Justice must be served. And so it was served on the cross. Jesus absorbed every stone, every judgment. And so as you chew and as you drink, you're reminded of the good mercy of God, the good forgiveness of God, the just forgiveness of God. And so how do you do that? How do you, how do you receive that? I, I think first is just accepting forgiveness. God, I, I accept your forgiveness. It was undeserved because what I deserved were stones of judgment, but you absorbed them all so that I could receive just forgiveness. So we, we accept forgiveness, and then we understand that forgiveness cost Jesus everything, that it was not it did not, what you receive freely was not free to purchase. It was paid in full. And maybe that idea, that understanding allows you to go, okay, I can receive this because it was paid for. And then finally, you got to forgive yourself. Some of you are more willing to believe that God can forgive you than you are to accept the forgiveness in your own heart and life. You're the one beating yourself with stones. 
And at some point, you have to choose to be forgiven. Stop believing the lie of the enemy that's haunting you with memories of how you've hurt others, how you hurt yourself. Receive forgiveness and accept that forgiveness and forgive yourself. And then there's another piece of this. Rather than seeking justice, share forgiveness. What we want is to demand justice of others when we want a break for ourselves. And so rather than seeking justice, and what we often mean by justice is not justice. What we mean by justice is payback, is a pound of flesh. I mean, it's, it's this idea of what would ever be enough. Basically, the only thing that would ever be enough is to destroy them the way they destroyed you. I mean, BP, how much could they ever pay unless they just went bankrupt? These opioid manufacturers and distributors, I mean, really no payment would be sufficient other than just their, their business being devastated for the lives they've devastated, right? Like that's what we think about when we think of justice because justice isn't on the terms of law. It's what feels just. And there's nothing that will ever be enough to make you feel like it was just. And so Jesus absorbed it all on your behalf. And on my behalf, he disarmed the stones in our hands. And the forgiveness you've received does not free you to throw stones at others. God did not forgive you to loosen the weight in your life so that your grip would be freed up to start chucking stones at others. You with me? Now, here's the deal, though. You have to begin with this idea of, I am right to demand justice. That that's not just feel right. It is right. You do. You are right. You should be paid back. What was done to you was wrong. It did hurt. The pain is real. I'll validate it all day, every day. It was so real that Jesus had to die to pay for it. But he did die. And then in the power of his resurrection, he gave us victory over the grip of sin. He freed us from the shame and the guilt of the stones that we deserve and the stones that you want to throw at others. And so what Jesus asks of us is not just a disarming. Follow me, this is important. It's not enough to just put the stones down and let them off the hook. It's not enough to put the stones down and say, okay, you got to get out of jail free card. No, instead of stones, you have to share forgiveness. You actually have to offer others the same forgiveness that you and I have received. Suddenly, that shifts relationships. The forgiveness you've received begins to spread and clean up that dark, oily mess that has put a blanket of resentment over your home and those relationships. That, that darkness, that thick, oily substance that have stolen your joy. Forgiveness begins to clean all that up. It begins to restore the beauty of your home. It begins to heal the resentment and the hurt and the hate. It frees us. Not only as we forgive, it begins to free us to love. And, and by the way, this isn't just a good idea. This is a God idea. And this is more than just a God idea. This is a God demand. 
You've received forgiveness. You must forgive. Jesus said those words, not me. Matthew chapter six, Jesus was teaching his followers and his closest friends how to pray. And he said this, and his, in his prayer, some of you know this as the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer. He said, and, fa- uh, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us as we forgive others. And then as, after he finishes pr- teaching them to pray, he says, here's the thing. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And so there's this trade-off. He goes, look, when you've been forgiven this much, you can't help but forgive. You guys know what fills? Spills, right? If, if you're carrying hurt, hurt people hurt people. Broken people break others. Resentful people are angry toward others. Forgiven people forgive people. Here's the thing. You've you've been challenged with you've been forgiven. Now you need to share that forgiveness. This is life-changing and powerful, but how do you do that? Well, let me, it's similar to how you receive it. It begins with a decision, a commitment. You decide right now in this moment, I will forgive. I've been forgiven. I've received forgiveness. Now I choose to forgive. So you make a decision to forgive those that you've been holding stones against. Not only do you make that decision, but then you start to act on it. You have, to, you have to put in the behavior of the decision, right? So like, if I decide today that I'm gonna go for a run, which, you know, some of you, you know I run like every day, but it's a decision, right? I wake up, I'm like, I am going to get a run in today. But the night before, if I know I'm gonna get a run in, I have to set my alarm, right? There's a behavior that follows the decision. And then if the alarm goes off and I go, yeah, I don't think so. No, what do I do? I gotta get out of bed. I gotta throw on my running clothes. I gotta put on the shoes. I gotta actually get out the door. See, what happens is a decision is followed by behaviors. And so when you decide to forgive others, you have to follow the behaviors of forgiveness. You stop telling the story the same way you always do. You stop calling them the names you always have. You stop distancing yourself. And does that mean that when you forgive, you just welcome them back into your life the same way you did before they hurt you? No, not necessarily. You can forgive and still have healthy boundaries. But make sure those boundaries are not stones that you've thrown. Make sure it's healthy, not from hurt, hate. So you you begin to put the behaviors of forgiveness and then sometimes the feelings follow. But I can assure you of this, the feelings always follow. And even if the feelings never come, you don't stop forgiving. Some wounds hurt deeply. And even when you forgive, you can still feel the pain. The pain is not an indication that you haven't forgiven, the pain is an indication of how much you've had to forgive. So right now, I recognize that there are some of you, probably many of you, maybe all of us, that there's a situation where I need to offer forgiveness. So I'm just gonna pray for God's strength over you to give the same forgiveness generously that you've received from God. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you have forgiven us so much. Now God, may we be rich and generous in the forgiveness we've received by not hoarding, but by sharing with others your forgiveness. May the forgiveness we share bring a transformation in our home, our marriage, our kids, or our parents. May it bring a transformation in our workplace, our neighborhood. Would you heal what's hurting right now through forgiveness, a just forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.